a Pantry Studio production. The following may contain strong language and deals with adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. It was in a video that her mother took. This little girl named Relisha is dancing in the family's yellow room at a local shelter. Those little arms and legs were flapping. She bounces to the beat of a song against the bare backdrop of six twin beds all pushed together. Her three younger brothers jump all around her, full of energy. There's happiness in Relisha's movements, but she appears completely unemotional. If she is smiling, it's hard to tell. Her mother, Shamika Young, shouts out on the video, Get it, Relisha, get it, little mama, which was Relisha's nickname. Well, Shamika herself, Relisha's mother, 27, had lived in the shelters as a child. She was no stranger to this kind of life. She was six years old when she entered Virginia's foster care system. It was there that she bounced between homes until she was about 18 years old. About a year later, she had Relisha. She was the second of Shamika's young kids, and the family lived in an apartment in the southeastern D.C. neighborhood of Congress Heights. Shortly after Alicia was born on October 29, 2005, at Washington Hospital, the family moved in to an apartment complex called Edgewood, a place where gang members and neighbors and shootings of neighbors were all commonplace. There are stories that once police descended on the northeast D.C. apartments when a man pulled a gun from behind an outdoor air conditioning unit and, according to witnesses, began firing at everyone around Edgewood. Seven people were wounded. It's not the kind of place to raise your kids if you have any say in it. Although most families don't. It wasn't long after this that Relisha went missing. This is a story about a system that failed. It failed the community. It failed the people in that community. And it failed this little child. These are the Mountain Mysteries. And we begin Season 2 with Episode number 35, Swallowed by Darkness, The Mountain Mystery of Relisha Rudd. I will be the last to fall. I won't shed a tear for them to see. Over 24% of the 1.9 billion square acres in America alone, the mountains that so many people call home, also play host to some of the most staggering mysteries in the world. The missing. And she said, I knew I wasn't there anymore. The murdered. All my emotions just went blank, just like, just blank. And I still live with that today. I think about that so much today as he was in that water. Strange creatures. Whatever it was that was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. I mean, it was a, nope, we need to get out of town. Unexplained lights and sightings. It does not 
not look like an airplane. Okay. They come together and then they separate and they just keep doing this all the time. These stories may be strange. They may be sad. They may be odd. But they are mysterious. These are the Mountain Mysteries. And now your host, Chris Sloan. Shamika Young, Relisha's mother, wasn't a single mom for long. She met Antonio Wheeler around about 2008, and after five months of dating, Antonio moved in with the family. Antonio remembers the first time that she addressed him as her father. He had just cooked her a meal, and, as Relisha finished her pasta, she beamed at Antonio and said, Thanks for the noodles, Daddy. Antonio was very flattered by this, you can imagine. He took her plate and told her she was welcome. It shocked him, because in addition to himself and Shamika, there were several other adults in Relisha's world. Her grandmother, Melissa Young, and her aunt, Ashley. The Young family left this place in 2007. Public records show that at least five of Shamika Young's former landlords filed cases against her for breaching tenant contracts, with the latest eviction notice coming shortly before the family wound up at a motel for three months and then later entering the shelter in 2012. Now, growing up, Relisha Tano Rudd's mother, Shamika, had been charged several times with child neglect. One of the charges said that she had even used a physical force against her children. But despite this, she was able to keep custody of Relisha and her siblings. Desperate for shelter, the family turned to one of the most infamous buildings in the Washington, D.C. area. It was called the General Homeless Shelter. Relisha is an eight-year-old African-American girl at this time who longed to escape D.C.'s homeless shelters. The building used to be a hospital, and it had about the worst reputation in the area. It was shut down and converted into a homeless shelter in 2001. But despite the space having a capacity of 270 families, it was normal for well over 1,000 people to be living there. As a result, resources were drained and services were incredibly scarce. It was back in 2010 that Washington City Paper Report former staffers described the shelter as uninhabitable. Apparently, there was mold all over the walls, flocks of cockroaches scurried across the floor, and water damage made ceilings hang in pieces like an indoor cavern. Since almost all of the rooms were constantly occupied, several people slept in closets, Some simply laid a coat on the floor and then laid on top of that. Several homeless advocates pled with city officials to renovate or build a new shelter, mostly to no listening ears. The shelter would always lay in ruins. However, for Relisha and her three siblings and her mother, it was the only place they had to call home. Despite these hardships, Relisha always had a positive attitude. For nearly two years, the eight-year-old had been living in the shelter for homeless families at former D.C. General Hospital, which in and of itself is a grim place with bed bugs and no playground. Relisha, who sometimes called the shelter the G or the trap house, hated it there, according to her relatives. She would apparently tell them that it was infested and the food ain't good, end quote. Her aunt, Ashley Young, tells us that. Relatives said that the second grader who slept with a teddy bear she named Baby 
wanted out so badly that she would fake asthmatic attacks to stay at families' homes. Adults who were close to her, at school, described her arriving with filthy clothes, dirty hair, and on an empty stomach. And they said that she often did not want to leave. She was like, can I stay? Said Regina Pixley, a security guard at Farabee Hope Elementary School, which Relisha attended from pre-kindergarten until last June when the school closed. She said that they were like, Baby, you have to go home. Shannon Smith watched over her during cheerleading, offering rides when needed, and calling her mother when she didn't show up for school. And then... There were days that she washed her up and fixed her hair. Once you gave her a hug and cleaned her up, she was just a beautiful girl, Smith said. All that girl wanted was to be hugged. Smith and Pixley said that there were many days when they saw Relisha and one of her brothers waiting for a ride home after most of the kids had already gone for the day. Smith recalled how once, when she returned late from chaperoning a school trip, she found the two there. She called their mother and offered to drive them home. Smith said that Young didn't give an address and hung up. Young then called the school and directed her children to leave on foot, Smith said. What happened next could not be corroborated with authorities, but... Smith and Pixley said that the children were found late that night at a nearby laundromat and that the police and the district's Child and Family Services Agency were notified. Melissa Young denied that her kids were ever found at a laundromat and said Shamika would often go hungry so the kids could eat. Shamika Young also said that she has been a good mother to Relisha and her brothers. She said, think what you want to think, she said. Only God knows the truth. It was in early 2014 that Relisha went missing in Washington, D.C., and she's not been found since. Rudd had been living in the D.C. general shelter with her mother when she was befriended by the janitor, Khalil Tatum, a former felon. Shamika Young said that she met Tatum in 2005 and that her daughter considered him a godfather. Relisha would come back from their long outings with a new outfit or a manicure. For Christmas, he bought her a tablet Few in Relisha's family questioned his generosity, according to relatives. Ashley Young said that her niece would fake illnesses to stay at her place or beg to go to her grandmother's home, where she had a cat named Missy. When Relisha began spending time with Tatum, her aunt said that she viewed it as another escape route for the girl. One man said, I never got a bad vibe about him. He's identified as Antonio Wheeler, 28, the father of Relisha's two youngest brothers, Irving Rudd, the father of Relisha and another brother, did not respond to efforts when they were contacted. When Relisha couldn't spend time with Tatum, she would actually go and make a call to her aunt, Ashley Young. She said that she would say, Why don't you come get me? Young said. Whenever Tatum took her, he added, He always brought her back when he was supposed to. Khalil Tatum was a 51-year-old janitor at the shelter and had a felony record for burglary, larceny, and breaking and entering. And Tatum was in prison from 1993 to 2003 and again from 2004 to 2011. He was hired as a shelter janitor by the Community Partnership for the Prevention of Homelessness, a contractor who operated the D.C. shelter and reportedly other city homeless programs. And Tatum was known for inappropriately fraternizing with shelter residents and for paying particular attention to young girls. So it was around this time that Tatum befriended Young, bought her daughter a tablet computer, and took her to see Disney on ice. Eventually, Young allowed Tatum to take the girl away overnight, allegedly to stay with him and his granddaughter. 
Rudd stopped attending school, but this was a month before her absence was ever reported to the police. Investigations revealed that the last sighting of her had been weeks prior, when she was caught on camera with Tatum at an area hotel. Tatum's wife was found shot dead in a hotel in Prince George's County, Maryland in mid-March, and at the end of March, searchers found Tatum's body in a shed in the Kenilworth Park and Aquatic Gardens, shot in an apparent suicide. Rudd suddenly stopped attending school in February, but her mother provided a note saying that she was having health problems and was in the care of a Dr. Tatum. Oh, well, it gets a little more interesting than that. The school contacted Tatum at the number provided, but when he failed to show up for a meeting with him, a counselor contacted the police to report Rudd missing. The Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia launched a missing persons probe on March 19th, by which point Rudd had not been in school for a month. Investigators have said that Tatum posed as a doctor on March 10th, 2014, telling city officials who were concerned for her safety that Relisha had a neurological disorder and was undergoing treatment. When they asked for documents, quote, Dr. Tatum, end quote, said that he would leave them at the shelter. Nine days later, officials went to the shelter to pick the paperwork up, and lo and behold, they could not find Dr. Tatum or Relisha. At the time, she was eight years old, and when she went missing on March 1st, 2014, she wasn't reported missing until 18 days later on the 19th of March, 2014. The investigation revealed that Tatum and Rudd had been caught on camera walking down a hallway in a Holiday Inn Express in Northeast Washington, D.C. Well, that was on the 26th of February, and footage on March 1st showed her walking with Tatum to a room in a day's inn on New York Avenue in D.C. The March 1st footage proved to be the last proof that Rudd was still alive. The case of Alicia Rudd did not receive very much coverage outside of the D.C. area, leading to blame that her case received little attention due to the fact that she was a black girl from a poor family in a metropolitan area. Surveillance tapes showed Khalil and Andrea Tatum entering the hotel room the night before. Khalil Tatum was last seen on the 2nd of March, the day after Rudd was last seen, while buying a shovel, lime, and 42-gallon trash bags. It was in March of 2014 that the FBI said an arrest warrant was issued to the D.C. police to get a hold of Tatum for the murder of his wife, who was found dead in that Maryland motel room March 20th. On April 1st, 2014, Tatum was found dead at Kenilworth Park and Aquatic Gardens, according to D.C. police. Later discovered that Tatum killed himself, allegedly, with the same gun that killed his wife all before he could be questioned by police. And through all this, there was no signs of Relisha. Once they settled in D.C. General, Shamika met Khalil Tatum, a 51-year-old janitor who worked at the shelter. Tatum was known to be close with several residents, even though that's against policy. Young girls, specifically. Relisha, however, would become one of his favorites. Tatum gifted her, like we told you, with a tablet and computer, and took her to see this production of Disney on Ice. That was near the end of February. Young reportedly trusted Tatum to watch over her daughter, so when Tatum asked if he could take Relisha to spend a few nights with him and his grandmother, Young said, sure. Yeah, you can. However, 
A few nights would turn into a week. And soon enough, Relisha had been gone for a month. Her teacher, noticing her extended leave of absence, contacted Shamika regarding Relisha's whereabouts. In response, Shamika delivered a doctor's note to the school and said that her daughter was undergoing treatment for this mysterious neurological condition. However, when the signature was found to be that of Tatum's, who was quickly discovered not to be a doctor, as a matter of fact, a school counselor contacted authorities to report Relisha missing. That was on March 19th, a month after she was last seen alive. The Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia reported her missing. On that day, Relisha was reported missing. Antonio was walking towards the shelter, cigarette in hand. It had been a long day at work and he was ready to relax and catch up with the kids. When he arrived at D.C. General, a group of detectives approached him and ushered him into a nearby conference room. Inside that room were a few more detectives and Shamika herself. She sat at one of the tables and looked to be in shock. Oh, something was wrong. When he asked one of the detectives, they took a deep breath and delivered the devastating news that Relisha Tano Rudd, the little girl who called him father was missing Antonio was baffled how could Relisha be missing given their family dynamic he had assumed that she was with either Ashley or Melissa her aunt or grandmother when he expressed his doubts to the detective oh they very coldly informed him of Relisha's lengthy absence at school The following months were a flurry of police and media interviews, widespread searches, and, well, overall disbelief. Relisha's case went national. How could a little girl simply vanish from a city-run facility at the hands of someone who worked there? Aren't these places supposed to be safe, especially for kids? Well, journalists managed to start digging, and they did quite a bit, and dug up Shamika's record of child neglect, and she became the public punching bag of the case. Several people called on authorities to take away Shamika's custody of her remaining kids, and reporters? Well, everywhere Shamika went, they were there. The media and investigative turmoil tore the family apart. A lot of people pointed fingers at one another, especially Shamika. Antonio ended their relationship. Melissa turned against her daughter in every way possible. And Ashley? Well, Ashley watched in shock from the sidelines. I mean, her family was no stranger to adversity, that's a fact, but they had never turned their backs on each other. This tragedy had destroyed that bond. Meanwhile, the investigation had started when authorities realized that Relisha was last seen with Khalil Tatum. Oh, man, their hearts sank. Tatum was a former felon with a history of larceny, breaking and entering, and burglary. We told you all that, but he also spent a combined 17 years in prison. This was someone who, given his record, should never have been allowed to work in the presence of vulnerable people who sought shelter, and especially their kids. Well, soon enough, it was found out that Khalil had taken Relisha to two separate D.C. motels, one in late February, the other one. Well, that was on the first day of March. The pair were captured on surveillance cameras at both, and March 1st, 2014, 
was the last verifiable day of Relisha's whereabouts, and the video, well, it left a lot to be fearful about. On March 1st, 2014, Tatum and Relisha checked into a day's inn on New York Avenue in D.C. Security footage showed them walking hand in hand down the hall and into a room. Tatum later left the same room, but Relisha was nowhere to be seen. It was on March 2nd that Tatum went to a nearby store and bought those things that we told you about, the shovel, the lime, and 42-gallon trash bags. Given the absence of Relisha and the nature of these items, you can imagine that police feared the worst. But there was more tragedy to come. From the mountains of Columbia to Pikes Peak, listen to The Mountain Mysteries, a podcast from the pantry studio of Chris Sloan. The Mountain Mysteries, where true crime meets the paranormal. It was on March 20th, just one day into the investigation, that Andrea Khalil, Tatum's wife of over 24 years, was found dead in a motel room with a gunshot to her head. Now, security footage showed Khalil and Andrea going into the room the night before together. D.C. police quickly obtained an arrest warrant for Khalil Tatum and Andrea's murder, and Tatum was on the run. Well, the murder shocked the public. But those close to the couple had noticed signs of a doomed relationship, according to court records obtained by the Washington Post. Andrea was dissatisfied with her marriage and was looking for a divorce. However, others? Well, they speculate something different. Did Andrea know something about Tatum's involvement in Relisha's disappearance that he wanted kept a secret? Did he kill her in order to silence her? Well, either way you want to look at this, Tatum was on the run. Police issued a citywide alert that made headlines. It wouldn't be long before they found Tatum, but unfortunately, he would not be alive. Near the end of March, Khalil Tatum's body was found in a shed in a park we told you about, the Kenilworth Park. He had shot himself with the same gun that killed Andrea. An intense survey of the surrounding scene drew up no signs of Relisha, though, and the death of the primary suspect. Well, that quickly froze the case. You know, it's been almost a decade since Relisha Rudd disappeared. A lot of people believe Tatum was involved. Others say he was not alone. Many believe that Shamika Young had some involvement in her daughter's disappearance. Some even believe Shamika sold her to Tatum. But even though that's the case, police have frequently said Shamika's been cleared of any involvement in Relisha's disappearance. When Relisha Rudd vanished from the D.C. homeless shelter where her family lived, observers of her story were quick to point fingers at her mother, Shamika Young. Some of the harshest criticism came from missing children advocates like Rose Brown, host of the online talk show Black Rose Garden. When Relisha went missing, Brown used her platform to raise awareness for her and to raise scrutiny of her mother, Shamika. Brown said, quote, Mr. Tatum ended up with Relisha. This guy was a janitor who was last seen with this eight-year-old child. He was given access to that child. She knows what's going on with her daughter. That was criminal neglect that happened to Relisha, end quote. Well, in October 2017, Relisha's mother, Shamika Young, her stepfather, Antonio Wheeler, and her grandmother, Melissa Young, appeared on the Steve Wilkos show. 
Y'all know you've heard of it. Polygraph tests were taken, hoping to clear her name Shamika made an appearance on the show. But she really couldn't get a fair chance to speak. Here's what it sounded like. Antonio, you came here, you took a lie detector test. Steve, can I say something for you? Sure. Results? I heard you back there. You I said don't care what you heard. We you said I'm here because of you. I called this show. You I are you. here because listen, of me, because they listen, already told listen, me listen, that listen. I have to authorize it because it's my daughter. Now listen, listen, listen to that. Listen, listen, listen. I ain't trying to hear none of that. Can you go on with them listen, results? Listen. Because I came you, here for you to prove to me. No, I'm not proving that to you. I'm you is, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. You came here, took a lie detector test, and That's we asked you, did you participate in any way in the disappearance of Relisha? You answered no. Have you ever had any sexual physical contact with Relisha? You answered no. Did you ever strike any of your children leaving marks or bruises? You answered no. The results came back the same to each and every question, and they came back that Antonio told the truth. Melissa, you took a lie detector test, and we asked you, did you participate in any way in the disappearance of your granddaughter? You answered no. Did you give your granddaughter to Khalil Tatum around the time of her disappearance? You answered no, and the results came back that you, Melissa, told the truth. She's right. She doesn't have to take a test. I'm done getting my kids back. I know, but I ain't do nothing. You know what? She's right. Please, please stop. You don't have to take a test, but you're not eliminating yourself as a suspect in the disappearance of your daughter. Let me tell you something. I talk to the police. I talk to the police day to day. And I'm not, they don't never discuss me. They discuss other people. I was the police, and I investigated murders, crimes against children. And I'll tell you right now, you would be number one on my list of people I'd be looking at. You. I was number one when they looked at me. I got eliminated. You can't down them. You can't down them. You can't down them. You cannot down them. I was number one first. You can't down them. You can't down them. But you ain't cleared either. And you still got a good chance of going to jail. No. I'm glad you You going to jail, and I'm getting my boys back. Someday, hopefully. Hopefully that little girl is found. Oh, she will and be. And when she's found, then hopefully you'll go away. No. You, I believe, you have believe? something to do with her disappearance. Okay. The fact That's that you what don't you believe, believe the janitor didn't have anything to Everybody do. Everybody got their own Everybody wants to stick up people out here and that makes me think you had an too. inappropriate relationship Ooh. with that man. I did. And you're lucky. You're lucky. I'm lucky what? You're saying you don't believe that he killed himself? I don't. You can't yeah. shoot yourself two That's times right. in the head. Maybe somebody else did it for him, huh? 
And you know what? You're no good mother either. Get the Well, you heard all the boos that greeted Shamika Young as she walked on stage. She ignored the audience's jeers and walked center stage where Antonio, her former fiance, Melissa, her mother, and namesake Steve Wilkos himself stood with a glare. Why was this young woman facing such adversity? Well, the crowd honestly believes that she was involved in the disappearance of her eight-year-old daughter. For the show, Melissa and Antonio took a polygraph test. Those were conducted by the crew, not actual investigators, though. And Wilco's held the results in hand. And, of course, you heard the dialogue that followed. You know, the talk about this case is often centered around how best to protect young people and other vulnerable members of society. Frederick Hill III, a missing person advocate of more than 20 years, told the informer that stronger legislation would have prevented Tatum from working in places that were frequented by children. People who knew her now talk about her in both the present and past tense, revealing in the same breath their hopes and fears. But whether Alicia Rudd is alive or dead, the instability of her life, evictions from apartments where gunfire was as common as rainfall, weeks at motels and then months at the homeless shelter with a troubled mother and three brothers. That all put her on the radar of school administrators, social workers, shelter employees, and volunteers who made up the safety net for the city's vulnerable children. But I can't help but wonder, did it really put her on their radar? And if it did, then how in the hell did she slip through that net? Ten years? Almost ten years? Not a sign? Not a sound, not a peep from this little girl. You know, the signs of a kid struggling were there. A cheerleader coach, at times, helping her wash up in a restroom at school, where clean clothes were kept on hand for her. Social workers responding to at least three reports of abuse and neglect within that family, with police called at least twice. Shelter volunteers noticed a little girl who was eager to participate in two after-school programs, but who often wasn't there. And the family? Well, family members were aware that the girl who dressed as a princess for Halloween was being swapped among them, and that, in recent months, a new person had joined her rotation of caregivers, Khalil Tatum, this 51-year-old shelter custodian-slash-felon who took her for sleepovers at his house and on outings to the movies in the mall. Then, he just simply took her. Mindy Good is a CFSA spokeswoman, and she said that by law she cannot talk about individual cases. But confidential files read to the Washington Post show that the agency sustained complaints at least three times involving Young's children. The first was lodged in 2007, that was in July, when Relisha was about two years old. A social worker noted great concern for the girl who showed signs of abuse. Well, right then, why didn't they take her? But authorities were unable to determine how those injuries happened. That is why they were unable to take her, they said. Two law enforcement officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity, because they were not authorized to talk publicly about this case, and said police were called, but an investigation concluded that no assault had ever happened. 
Three years later, it was in April of 2010 when a social worker noted that one of Relisha's brothers was not getting medical attention that he needed after surgery. The file says the family was living in environmentally unsafe conditions, with debris and cigarette butts scattered all over the place throughout the entire apartment. Not to mention the roaches and the bugs and everything else. The last incident happened in November while the family was at the shelter. It was then that a social worker, according to the file, noted a lack of supervision and abuse. One of Relisha's brothers had been thrown to the ground and slept until his lip bled. According to the report, the law enforcement official said police intervened but got conflicting stories about who hit the boy and no charges were ever filed. Relisha's relatives described all three reports as exaggerated or false. In each case, the children remained in the home. It was only after Relisha went missing. That's when her three brothers were placed in foster care. There's uh, theories concerning what happened to Relisha. A limited number of them, but given Tatum's predatory behavior and violent murder-suicide shortly after her disappearance, authorities generally believe that Rudd was either murdered by Tatum or was sold to sex traffickers. Many in the public also choose to believe that she was trafficked. By the sex trafficking theory, well, that's been ruled out by D.C. Metro Police Detectives. In an interview with the Washington Post, a senior law enforcement official suspected that Tatum had been sexually exploiting Rudd and possibly pimping her to others and may have killed his wife due to her finding out about these activities. It's entirely possible. Other theories are that Ricky Sheridan Lyles Sr., who is Tatum's brother-in-law, may be a part of this and could have killed Tatum. Shamika Young, Relisha's mother, stated on the Steve Wilco show that Tatum was shot twice. Lyles was questioned, but they ruled him out as not being a person of interest. Relisha's grandmother, Melissa Young, who signed Relisha up for Girl Scouts and laughed about how she ate more shortbread cookies than she sold, now questions why the shelter staff didn't notice that her granddaughter was gone. Every night, staff members allegedly knock on doors and ask how many kids are in each room, but they don't open the doors to look, she said. If they had, they would have seen Relisha's bed empty several nights. In a nod to the land's haunted past, the R13 Community Partners Group, the developers and designers who will build the hotel and much of the housing on that spot announced that there will be a playground named for Relisha, who was last seen with shelter janitor Khalil Tatum. Let me rephrase that. He was last seen with felon janitor Khalil Tatum, who killed his wife, then himself, then took it to his grave as to what happened to little Relisha. One woman said that she remembered standing outside the shelter in one of many vigils for Relisha with Jamila Larson, the woman who ran playtime programs for kids at the shelter and who often remembered Relisha's smile. Larson said that, quote, I still have a picture of Relisha in my office and I think about her all the time. Her picture inspires me to hold myself to a higher standard, to do all we can to prevent children from falling through the cracks because her abduction was preventable. I ask myself all the time, have there been enough changes citywide to show that her life mattered? Since Relisha disappeared, the shelter has been shut down completely. It's been demolished. A campaign promise that Mayor Merrill E. Bowser fulfilled for a while was that the city was 
still storing hundreds of these children in tattered motels, costing taxpayers millions of dollars, while doing little to improve these children's lives or fix the array of social issues that fuel their situations. Relicious Playground will have a splash park and the latest equipment to make kids swing, climb, and slide, all with a smile on their face like Relisha wore. It's a place and a feeling that every kid growing up in America deserves, absolutely every one of them. It should also make every single one of us, us adults, think about Relisha and all of the things that she and hundreds of other kids in D.C. and this entire country and countries all over the world never had a chance to experience. In 2019, Rudd's friends and family celebrated her 14th birthday with a remembrance and prayer vigil in her honor in D.C. In 2017, D.C. police dubbed July 11th as Relisha Rudd Remembrance Day. You know, as I looked into Relisha's life, I'm shown that the details of her disappearance may be unique, but the circumstances of her life were not. There's a $50,000 reward posted for any information that would lead to her whereabouts and information concerning exactly what has happened to Relisha Rudd. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is still asking anyone, and I'm asking anyone, with information about her, to please contact D.C. Police. You can do so toll-free at 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. Or if you want to contact D.C. Police directly, that's fine. It's area code 202-265-9100. That's 202-265-9100. I'm Chris Lone for The Mountain Mysteries. Remember to visit us online at themountainmysteriespodcast.com. Until the next time, stay mysterious. If you enjoy The Mountain Mysteries, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That helps us so much. You can also help support The Mountain Mysteries by visiting our sponsors, whose links are below, or by donating at Patreon or the PayPal link shown in the notes. Patreon subscribers will receive early commercial-free episodes and more.